Hey there, it's Emily. This is part two of our Itaewon class review. If you haven't listened to part one, we released that last Friday. It's the episode before this. Check it out. episode two starts and my first note is okay cool he's not dead (laughs) i can tell that this was based off a webtoon because of the amount of cliffhangers i i also wrote that this emotion is so good because basically sua appears with a police officer and they get samari to drop the rock because sua is like your dad would not want this nobody wants this so he drops the rock and like collapses onto the floor and like sobs the actor that plays Saroyi is, I've always known him to be a good actor, but that was like some A-plus acting, like the sobbing, just the emotion, the emotional intensity of it was on point. He must have been thinking about someone in his life dying and just yeah. s- stepped into it because the wailing and stuff like that was not overdone and um, was very emotional. So obviously, Sayori ends up going to prison because of this. He goes to prison for, I think, three years. And (laughs) basically, as soon as he gets into jail, so before they give him a sentencing, the chairman is right there waiting to talk to him. The chairman is basically like, your stubbornness makes me want to correct you. And I was like, this guy is a piece of shit. And then at one point, uh, Sayori like punches the glass. And I'm like, yes, punch the glass. <laughs> I was just waiting for the we are more alike than you think speech. But honestly, they are not alike. Not at no. all. So basically, the chairman was like, if you are stubborn and stick to your principles and don't have any gain, meaning monetary gain from it, then you're just stupid, basically. You're a chump. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what he leaves Sarah with. Right after that, the chairman is like, let's bring Sua into a meeting with me. And the whole time I was like, this guy is such a creep and gross. And he's basically like, we'll give you a scholarship. And she's like, Ugh, okay. Because she can't turn down money. She lives in an orphanage, you know? Like, um, And she's about to go to college. Right. And she says she has enough money for college, but, you know, she doesn't have any money for living expenses. So she accepts the scholarship. And she's even like, do I have to testify against Sayori for the scholarship? And then the chairman laughs and is like, of course not. That's so funny. And I'm like, you scumbag. Of course there's strings attached to this money. Like, she's mm-hmm. not fucking stupid. Then... It comes the sad part where Gunwan wants to testify and grows a conscience, basically. I guess Sayori beat the conscience into him. <laughs> um, but his dad is such a dick and is basically like, you want me to give this company to my random bastard son? <laughs> Gunwan is like, no. And so this is the scene where the chairman takes Gunwan down to like their livestock area, I guess. And it's like, here's my chicken coop and now you need to kill this chicken and you know Gunwan is like crying at first and is like I don't want to kill the chicken and there's this long like standoff with the chicken (laughs) it was very uncomfortable because they used like 
real chicken. They were really holding a real chicken. And I was like, I don't know what the laws on animals in film is in South Korea, but I was like, if I have to watch a chicken get killed, I'm going to be very upset. You do not see him break the chicken's neck. He does not really do it, obviously. You see his face. You know, it's like Will Smith and I Am Legend as he's killing the dog. You see the face, but you don't see them actually doing the killing. And I was just like, if they hurt this fucking chicken, I'm going to be so fucking sad all day. Like, a real chicken was harmed in the making of this drama. I mean, even just holding the chicken by its wings like that, I was like, that can't be comfortable. I hope they just, like, took one shot and reused it. But anyways, (laughs) I said, the chicken's face is like, y'all hear some? (laughs) 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 because they just keep flashing back to it the chicken looks very unamused but anyways the chairman is like think of the chicken like it's steroid as he's killing it and i'm like this dude is fucked up the ceo thinks his son is a fucking dweeb and a disappointment but like dude you're the one who raised him he's that way because of you exactly and so he tries to toughen him up and it's only making him more of an asshole So then after this scene, we go to the police station and the police officer that was the one who basically got Sarah to drop the rock and not commit murder was trying to be like, it doesn't even make sense that the gardener, you know, killed his dad. He was watering the plants at this time. Like I got CC footage of the gardener at the house when this vehicular homicide happened, basically. And the, I guess the police chief because they don't really specify, is like, yeah, but, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, and, like, how did you get the CCTV footage? Did you have a warrant? All this stuff, and basically, like, rips up the information, and the police officer is like, okay, and then basically gives up on that train of thought. So, Sarah E gets sentenced to three years in prison, and I put in here, three years in prison doesn't seem too long, for attempted murder because that was his charge i feel like attempted murder in the united states is much longer i feel like it's like 10 Um, years okay (laughs) i mean we don't know obviously it just felt like a short sentence no it it, it is because we as americans are used to like life sentences for crimes (laughs) but literally everywhere except the united states that is pretty typical is a shorter jail sentence if you listen to any sort of true crime thing and they cover crimes that are outside of the U.S. and it's like, yes, this person raped like 10 girls and was caught and they spent 10 years in prison. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah that's, yeah, that's crazy to me. But anyways, he gets sentenced to three years in prison and basically gets like beat up in prison the second he gets there. But he meets a band of fellows. <laughs> in prison uh, that end up being a part of the story later so that's why they show that scene but yeah they basically do a three-year time skip and seroi is out of prison and he goes to itaewon and experiences halloween and their description of halloween is pretty funny because it's like they dress up to ward off evil spirits which i guess is true but you know Mm. the the american way of celebrating it is not really that anymore it's just a party. Yeah. And, like, in Itaewon, just, like, Shibuya for Japan, that is the place you go to have a Halloween party. Because that's where all the foreigners are. Right. The bars. <laughs> right. So he's walking around Itaewon, and then Sarui basically has a girl with a rabbit mask that's all bloodied run up to him, and he freaks out, but it ends up being Sua. 
um, with glitter hair. <laughs> I was like, work tinsel. Work tinsel hair, yes. And then he's like, he's going to be a seaman. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do commercial deep sea fishing for like seven years. Yep. He's like, there's not that many job opportunities for convicted felons. And I don't have even like a high school diploma. This is what I have to do to like save money to do what I actually want to do, which is like open up a bar, just like his dad. Yeah. So basically he's like, I'm going to leave tomorrow morning. So she's like, let's party all night long. And then they do that. And then he carries her back up to his room and she's like, basically, she doesn't say this, but she's basically like, you want to come inside? You want to fuck? <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> I know. I was like, boy. Boy? Okay. So he leaves and, you know, we see him get on the fishing boat and then it's another seven year time skip. (laughs) So he's like in his late 20s. They're both in their late 20s. Yeah. All this time, they didn't even bother aging anyone. They look the same. Yep. They do. Like, uh, Suwa has different hair. (laughs) Yeah. But like Sayori doesn't. He looks the exact same. Same haircut and everything. Yeah, Sayori, yeah, he has the same sick-ass fade. (laughs) Sick-ass bowl-cut fade. It doesn't matter that much, because then the story just stays when they're both in their late 20s, early 30s, for the rest of the show. So, But just keep in mind that from the beginning to about episode three, there's a 10-year time skip. So this is still not the end of this episode. (laughs) Um, They do the 10-year time skip, and then you see Sua pitching a idea to the Janga Corporation boardroom basically and her pitch is this thing called Vicious Bar <laughs> which I thought was funny where so basically it's like Dick's you can, Last Resort yeah she's like you can let loose all of your hedonistic desires at this bar <laughs> and you can be mean <laughs> yeah and she she quotes she's like every human is innately evil and like all this stuff but of course the chairman's like i love it and the executive director's like i love it so um we're evil yes so she gets approved for that and i wrote in my notes wow sua hasn't cut her hair for seven years (laughs) because it's really (laughs) long at this point and it was not before and they make a point to say that sua has not dated anyone she is notoriously single Yeah, she's not dated anyone because, you know, breeding between the lines, she has been saving herself for Sayori, I guess. I'm sure that's a mix of guilt and longing. And then, yeah, I wrote, Sayori has the same bowl-ass fade LMAO. (laughs) Because he finally gets back and starts his restaurant bar. Okay, so that's the end of episode two. And then episode three starts with the bar restaurant Don Bomb opening. <laughs> and then they introduced uh, Joe Yiso, who I wrote <laughs> is a Gen Z threat. <laughs> because they're basically like, she's smart. She's good at this. She's good at that. She's good at everything. Except <laughs> and she she's is pretty. a bitch. <laughs> but she's a bitch. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, she's a Gen Z threat. Yiso also kind of has a sense of justice because she sees a girl being bullied by, you know, kind of similar situation. A girl who's rich is bullying a girl who does not deserve it. And she films it 
and post it on her social media because, of course, she has an Instagram with 700,000 followers. And she's an influencer. She's an influencer. And basically, this shitty girl's mom gets really upset and, like, smacks her around. And just a note that the shitty girl's mom is from Crash Landing on You, and she's one of the North Korean, like, mom biddies. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and, again, come two wildly different characters. But anyways, she bitch slaps Yiso for posting the video and basically being rude. And Sarah intervenes and, like, holds the lady's hand back. And Yiso is basically like, how dare you interfere? And then she bitch slaps the mom back. And I was like, damn. (laughs) And as she's getting into the taxi, Yiso and illegitimate son of the CEO, uh, Gunsu, as they're getting into the taxi... She's like, oh, I only bitch slapped her because she, you know, killed my dad. And of course, Sarah was like trying to reason with her, but then like just lets her go because obviously that's what happened to him. And then she rolls down the window and was like, just kidding. It like sticks out her tongue and the taxi drives away and Sarah is like, what the fuck? I know. What a bitch. (laughs) That girl is crazy. So then we go back to the Janga board meeting. And Gunwan is now pitching an idea to the boardroom and basically gets really defensive because everyone's like, yeah, that's a shitty idea. And then out of nowhere, the chairman like gets up and like slaps him across the face in the middle of the board meeting, like hard. <laughs> and everyone at the board meeting is like, Ooh, I pretend I do not see. <laughs> and you basically learn from all of this that Sua has really grown into her position and her opinion is valued by the chairman and by the executive director. Um, and you also learn that Gunwan is still a dumb bully. Then we go back to Yiso and learn a little bit more about her and her backstory. And her and Gunsu, they basically are driving on a moped, having a good time. And then they end up crashing into Sarui, who is wearing a, I don't even know what, what animal it is, but he's basically wearing a giant animal suit. <laughs> I think it's a bear. A bear. And she flies off the back of the moped, Yiso does. And that was Uh, too much for me. Because she literally, like, launches off the back of the moped. (laughs) So I feel like everything in this K-drama has been fairly realistic. But this is one where it was just wires, she's falling in slow motion. This looked so cheesy. (laughs) Yeah, it was too much for me. (laughs) And she basically lands on top of Sarah in the animal suit. And uh, yeah, that's an important moment that she flashes back to later. Then we go to a scene between the chairman and Sua. And my only note for that was he was just making a lot of threats. (laughs) And I was like, is the chairman going to kill Sarah like his father was killed? Like, whoops, it's an accident. The gardener did it. (laughs) Oh my god. So back to her landing on Sarori, he ends up just collapsing after getting up and he is, it's revealed that he collapsed from exhaustion, which is a very K-drama thing uh, to say. He's just been overexerting himself, so he passed out. (laughs) So he wakes up in the hospital and basically Yiso and Gunsu are there and they're like, you know, well, it's only Gunsu saying that he's sorry for hitting him and like promising to pay his hospital bills and Saroy is like you know the best thing you could do for me is come eat at my bar restaurant because spoiler alert it's not doing well so 
basically through a series of events they end up eating at his establishment later that night after getting refused at a Janga Corporation bar because Yiso is underage and obviously it's a bar <laughs> so they don't let her in and it's actually Sua that ends up being like let me look at this bitch's ID again and she's like she's too young so they kick her out and they end up going to his bar and because they're doing so badly one of Sayori's employees is like I'll just pretend that it's her ID because we're not doing well we need the money but then the betrayal of the century the truly mm-hmm. Mufasa moment Mufasa X Scar moment of this episode oh my God. is is when uh, Sua sees Yiso in uh, Seroi's bar and calls the police on him because Yiso is underage. There's this whole like showdown to where one of the employees of the bar like ends up beating up one of the kids that is with Yiso because he's being a drunk asshole. So there's police complications with that as well. Um, they end up going to the police station and this whole thing goes down because obviously Gunsu is illegitimate son of the chairman and he was there too. So Gunwan comes in and is like, oh, it's Seroyi, my friend from before. And it's basically like a giant dick. Um, and Seroyi gets really mad because the police officer is like, okay, well, we can just settle this then if you guys are friends. And he like slams the laptop shut and he's like, no you need to do what's right because I wanted to be a police officer. This is ridiculous, basically. Give me the punishment. (laughs) Give me the punishment. And the punishment for having an underage person drinking in the establishment is a two-month suspension of the business, which is not good because the business was not doing well anyways. And then basically the episode finishes out by Seroi being like, I have a 15-year plan, motherfucker. (laughs) I can wait six more years to the statute of limitations lifts. I have all the time in the world, motherfucker. Yeah. And the, the guy's like, oh, shit. My notes on episode four are not very lengthy. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best for this one. So episode four starts with the backstory of Choi Sung-kwan, who was Seiroi's cellmate in prison and is now working at the bar slash restaurant. And he was the one who got pissed off at one of uh, Yi So's like, acquaintances and basically beat him up in the restaurant and he's really beating himself up about you know doing that because he's basically just trying to do something different because he was essentially a gangster (laughs) he was like i'm tired of doing the same old thing um and he kind of like fucked up his chance um but seroi is very kind and is giving him a second chance to work at Bomb. him and uh ma hyungi who is the chief cook they're both basically just trying to clean up the restaurant while it's suspended. CEO sees the confrontation between Gunwan and Seroyi and it's basically like I need to find out more information about Seroyi and Don Bomb and she does some internet sleuthing and basically finds out all that happened between them in the past. And then you see her turn 20 because it's the new year and if you watched our episode on um, the Korean New Year you would know this already no tea no shade um (laughs) but basically your korean age you basically are growing age during the new year it's not on your birthday so she becomes 20 during the new year and it flashed 2016 and i was like oh god but you see her turn 20 and then she goes out drinking and she gets into an altercation with a guy that was trying to you know get with her i guess (laughs) 
and she's like I could not be more flaccid right now I'm very (laughs) uninterested and he gets really rough with her and like slaps her across the face and like chases her and of course she ends up bursting into a men's bathroom with Sayori who's just trying to pee and is just like uh (laughs) he shakes it off and then he's about to leave but then he notices that her cheek is swollen and he's like oh no I'm gonna fuck this guy up but first I need to know because Yiso gave him attitude before when he tried to help he's like do you need help and she's like yes help me and so he fucking roughs this guy up and they run away this is all while Sayori is out with Sua, like, having a drink and discussing business. So all three of them are, like, running <laughs> through Itaewon to get away from this guy, and they end up doing it just fine. Then you find out that Seo has basically a crush on Sayori, and she confronts him and is like, let me work at your bar. Let me be with you, is what she says. If she's 20, though, and he is not, so I feel like it's really- yeah it's really gross before all this too like Sayori and uh Yiso end up going drinking and Yiso is like not feeling it at all but Sayori is like passed out on the floor and she kisses him while he's on the floor <laughs> passed out and I'm like that's a little rapey through all of this she decides that she likes um Sayori and Sua is pissed basically that she likes him and gets like all uppity and then Yiso is figures out that Sua is the one who called the police. And there's this whole awkward scene where Sua is like, I called the police on you. Do you still love me? To Sayori. And he's like, yes. <laughs> he was very confused. He's like, I guess you did that for a good reason? Question mark. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just disappointed. And she's like, aw. Um, and then leaves. And then the drinking thing with Yiso happens. Sorry, I'm doing this a little out of order because I literally wrote like six lines of notes on episode four. The whole episode is basically Choi Sung Kwan's background, uh, CEO finding out more about Sayori, them having like a weird love triangle between Sayori, Sua, and Yiso. And then Yiso being like, yep, I like this guy. I'm going to work for him and help him because his design and marketing skills suck and I'm an influencer and I can help him. So that's kind of where episode four ends. <laughs> it's her deciding she has a crush on him, going after it, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah. I've continued to watch because I really like this show. And I will say that more exciting things are happening in terms of the show. Like, we do have the African part-timer. And there is a trans character that just, it hasn't been revealed who is trans yet. So there are really fun, exciting things past the four episodes. But to keep this episode short, we're only doing the first four. I know. I feel like we've been recording for 40 minutes already. So let's wrap it up and do our uh, ratings. <laughs> what would you give Itaewon class on a scale of one to five for just the acting? I'm going to give it a five. I think all the actors are doing a really good job. Um, I'm really, really, really impressed with the actor who plays Sayori. I feel like that's a difficult character to play and he does it very, very well. I also think the female actors are doing a good job with their characters too. Yeah, this is a five. There was only one cheesy moment in this whole show for the first four episodes. Everything else was very well acted. I mean, for K-dramas, we kind of expect things to be over the top, especially K-dramas that are based upon webtoons or manga or anime or manhwa or whatever, because everything in those mediums are already 
heightened, but this is so good. A plus acting, I'm, I'm telling you. Like, this is one of the most impressive K-dramas I've seen so far this year. Yeah, it, it's not, like, comically overacted. Like, K-dramas can be sometimes. It's very true to life, pretty serious, so. What would you give Itaewon Class 1 to 5 for the plot? I'm gonna give it a 5. I feel like not only is the plot good, and there are a lot of characters involved, but I think they do it well because it's not confusing. And I also feel like there's the appropriate amount of plot per episode. So it's not like, Jesus Christ, I feel like I watched five episodes and it's only been 60 minutes. So I think the plot and the pacing is spot on. I'm also going to give it a five. This is a show with a lot of characters and it looks like each character is going to get their own dedicated backstory and it's still not confusing it is extremely easy to follow i love it this is a plus storytelling it lays the groundwork perfectly the time skips are appropriate and not confusing i love it so what would you rate itaewon class one to five for everything else so cinematography score lighting design costuming sets hmm I'm gonna give it a four because I feel like the sets could have been a little bit better. I do, however, think having, you know, been to Itaewon that they did a really good job with capturing kind of like what it feels like to be there. You know what? Fuck it. I'm giving it a five. I'm giving it a five. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm giving it a five just because I feel like they did just a really good job of portraying like the realistic, you know, parts of South Korea, like how it can be very beautiful and like the parks and when you're running around like near the college and then, you know, on the bridge by the water and with the costuming, I felt like that looks like what normal people are wearing (laughs) in Itaewon and all the shots are really good. I love when they do shots of North Seoul Tower because mm-hmm. that's just a beautiful place i just feel like it's very authentic to what south korea actually looks like so i'm gonna give it a five just because of that the only thing that was cringy was the moped moment and other than that i think they have done a really good job with shooting it and making it look realistic so i'm gonna give it a four because i feel like they didn't do enough to differentiate uh, the characters within the time skips. Like, Sayori does not change. His hair is the same. He looks the same. They didn't even really try to make him look. He was supposed to be in high school because I know, I'm like, this man, there's no way this guy is like 17. He's obviously 30. They're like, yeah, he's in high school. And I was like, sure. If we say it, it's true. (laughs) It's like, uh, yeah. So I felt like they could have done more changing up their looks but that's kind of the only thing i love the soundtrack and you guys should definitely look up the original soundtrack because it is fucking popping and i loved the score i felt like it was atmospheric and very true to the vibe of itaewon that's where we stayed in south korea we stayed yeah. in itaewon we know what it's like yeah it was great. I, I thought it was very accurate like i i feel like a lot of k-dramas like to paint south korea as like this uh, like beautiful manicured very modern place but a lot of South Korea is for lack of a better word a little grungy <laughs> um, yeah. but but that's what makes it exciting is nothing is very polished and perfect um, everything has character so I think they did a good job portraying that also there were hills I feel like in so mm-hmm. many K-dramas you don't see just how 
steep some of the roads in South Korea can be, especially yeah. in Itaewon. Like, I remember us walking up a giant ass hill to get to North Seoul Tower and just being like, oh, oh God, it's not done. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, and, and then frequently referencing that as soon as the sun goes down, it's very cold. Like, that's very true also. When we were doing North Seoul Tower, the sun set and I was not prepared. I was so cold. And um, these uh, Chinese tourists behind us, the women were laughing at me because I was <laughs> very cold going down the stairs. And I was like, yes, I, I am an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I just feel like this K-drama is great. So great. Probably the best I've seen in the past like two years, honestly. Yeah. I cannot wait to watch more. You, you should watch it though. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Everyone should watch it. So let's end this with our weekly K-pop recommendations. So my weekly K-pop recommendation is going to be Bomb, the English version by Alexa. Mine is going to be Who Dis by Secret Number. They are a brand new group. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can find us on Tumblr at soulmatespodcast.tumblr.com. Check us out on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. Check us out on YouTube at Soulmates Podcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to Soulmates Podcast anywhere that podcasts are normally found. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, please follow us, subscribe, and download a few episodes. We have a large archive of episodes that will keep you listening for hours. So if you're bored, listen to our lovely voices for a few hours. Yeah, we'll be here to keep you company. See you guys next Friday. Bye. Bye.